Welcome to Brew Girl Radio. We have Exco Levi on the line. Famous, famous reggae artist. I've actually been a fan for a long time. And he has some new music that he wanted to talk about. What is the name of your new song that you have out? Well, the name of the song is that The Champion. Okay. Yeah. And we, we released it um probably um, a week before this pandemic thing, you know what I mean? So it was it was really a blessing. I think it was it was released the right time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. So how is everything in Canada with um COVID and everything? How does that affected you guys up there? Well, me as a musician, it affects it affected me and, and other musicians um, tremendously because, you know, our shows are canceled for the summer and summer is, is musician busiest time of the year, you know, with our festivals all across Canada, you know what I mean? Yes, so yes. So it, it affects us tremendously. However, um, we have to just find ways and means, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Give the social media um, um, to keep us still connected to the world, you know what I mean? Yeah, so what are some of the ways that you have evolved in the past few months as far as like record promotions go well I, you see um through the pandemic you know like you know, i have my student in my house you know what i mean so i just do a lot of writing you know what i mean um recording to doing demos and things like that you know what i mean yeah just to keep my night just, just to fly the time away you know yes. what i mean but I, I must say i'm homesick i'm longing to go to jamaica you know what i mean I, I, with, with this two months lockdown, I just want to go to the river and, you know what I mean? I just want some weird tropical moment. You know yeah, mean? so how often do you go to Jamaica every year? Sometimes two times, three times for the year, you know, because um, most of my recording is, is done in Kingston, Jamaica, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I've been back a lot of times. Um, you know, I was just talking to Junior Reed the other day, and he was saying that the COVID is not really that bad down there anymore, probably because of the food, is what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> of the ITAL, you know, because we eat so much pizza and burgers and everything yeah. in America, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, it's, you have a point, because, you know what I mean, it's all about immune system, you know. Mm-hmm. That is the key, and strong immune system. And we got junk food, and, you know, I mean, very slowly people started to realize that what the Rastaman was telling them this from the beginning that, yo, listen, eat natural, eat more fruits and vegetables. Now they are finally realizing that, but oops, they were right. You know what I mean? So I see people gradually changing to a plant-based diet. You know what I mean? Well, and, some of us were smart and started doing that a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Are you a vegetarian or are you pescatarian or what is your eating habits? Pescatarian. I only, I only eat fish and vegetables for like probably sixteen years now. Oh, okay, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get back to that. But you know, I love curry chicken <laughs> and jerk chicken. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I, I used to you. say that I could never stop eating beef because that would mean I would have to stop eating beef patties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't eat them that much anymore. You know, we cook at home all the time now. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't really cook out that much. So are you guys still quarantined up there? Or are things open? Or how is everything in, in Toronto? Well, right now they are in stage three where restaurants and beaches are um, taking time to open. But I think um, they managed to keep it a little because I don't, uh, I'm, I'm a person who travels all over the world. And I have never seen such a disciplined people like Chadid. And I'm telling you, they're, they're I mean, I, you know, I, I must commend them. You know what I mean? The, the, the masses. They take mm-hmm. it really serious. I, I remember in the middle of um, COVID-19, I see long lines at the grocery store and people are hardly maintaining their two feet distance. And 
you know, they, they make it work, you know what I mean? And and I think that's that's one of the things that um um to, to, to for us to see this great result of, of having it under control, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. And even with that, we even though they are opening restaurants, people are still wearing their masks and, and maintaining the social distance and sanitizing their hands, which is very important and very good, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm so jealous right now because that is not how America is. I'm sure that we look like the most awful freaking reality show ever. What is your perspective of what is going on in America with the people refusing to wear masks and social distancing and all these COVID parties they're doing? What is your perspective of that? Well, but my perspective is, you know, let me tell you, you see, um, the people, you have to understand, uh, six months of winter. Six months of winter, two months of COVID lockdown. It's summer. The people are used to going out, they're having fun, going to the beach. You know what I mean? Because they know that after this few months pass and COVID, they're gone back under lockdown again for winter. So it's just come like you you have 10,000 people right here. You don't want them to go, in, go into a different country. Into your country, you build up a wall. Yeah, you have, they're going to find ways and means. You know what I mean? It's just human nature they just want to go out but they have to just try to tell them how important this thing is and 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 and, and so they could maintain their, their distance but you can't keep the masses locked down too long and they are going to want to go back to their routine yeah. life what they used to you know what i mean yeah so i think exactly. people just get fed up and say oh listen because even this pandemic thing that's going on i mean everybody has their different views and opinions uh, about what's going on but me know the babylon system after fall and Babylon just are trying to find some way ways of, of controlling the masses and killing off some people because they're they like to say that the world is overpopulated and you know what I mean? Yeah. And there are some people sit down in their office and just planning to depopulate the earth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because even the approach when with this pandemic, you know what I mean? If it's like a flu-like symptom, the um pan um thing, why they didn't promote it in the beginning as just like now? Because if I ever see your flu right now. I said, listen, I'm not going to the studio because I don't want nobody to catch it. They didn't promote it that way. They didn't right. promote all the people who survived this thing. They promote all the deaths for so the people in scared, people buying out all the toilet paper. And, you know, it was just a big chaos. But I know that, I know that it's, a, it's a population controlled by the elites and Babylon. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. What do they say? Like the Thanos snap? Uh, <laughs> they uh, have the same type of, they have the same type of uh, <laughs> yeah, man, thinking. They're, they're, Leading the people with fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah man. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you a couple fun questions too while we're here. Um, what is who is your favorite vintage reggae artist? Like, who are your early inspirations? <laughs> a lot of people ask this question, but you know, um, I love every artist, all the past icons of the not only reggae music but music in an whole. Once their message was uplifting and positive, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And edifying, I I I, I love them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that I would put it. A lot of people may say this too, Bob Marley, because I I think that his message was way before his time, and you know what I mean. You know, he sing with conviction. You know what I mean? You you believe what he he, he sings, and some all of the things that he was singing about then, we are seeing it happening right in front right. of our eyes right now, burning and looting tonight. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That, that oh, yeah. We, we live to see all of these demonstrations <laughs> going on. So it, it just show you that, you know, it, it was way before his time and it was that powerful. So I would oh, give Bob yeah. Marley the number one. 
Okay, Bob Marley's number one. Yeah, you know that when everything happened in America with our protests, when everything first started going down, you know that was like the first song I played on my radio show, The Burning and Looting. Burning and Looting tonight. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Ada, what are some of your like favorite foundation rhythms that you like to sing on? Like, is there anything well, that you go back to? Well, is this, is this name Stagalag? Oh, okay, uh, I like that one too. Those are grassroots um, reggae music, original out of Jamaica, you know what I mean? Yeah, Stalig, um, that one, Real Rock. Yeah, one, far but not every Real Rock. Some of it is too, it's like you can't play all the Real Rock together if you're juggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to yeah, do yeah, the yeah. return one. Um, the mm. other one, of course, Tempo. That's probably one of my Tempo, and then oh, what is it? Um, sling Tang. Sling Tang. And I'm a Sling Tang. Another Sling Tang. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about that really. Probably you know already. Okay. But do you know that all that Sling Tang came about? Um, yeah. What well, originally had to do with a sample from David Bowie, right? Ah, you know what's going on. You know what's going on. Yeah, they call me Roots Queen for a reason. I am. Okay. From yeah. Florida, um, I'm a huge, huge, huge reggae fanatic. It's been a part of me my entire life. So yeah, you know. So tell me about the inspiration behind the song "Champion." Um, inspiration. Well, <laughs> as a writer, probably my story behind every song is different because sometimes I, um, I heard a rhythm and the rhythm would automatically tell me something. Mm. You know what I mean? As as well as sometimes I I wrote lyrics in poetical form and then when I hear a rhythm I just formulate a melody around the poem and it became a song. Okay. However, champion now, this rhythm is different from what I normally do. You know what I mean? And when yeah. the rhythm was sent to me, the only thing I could hear, I could hear on the rhythm is triumph, you know what I mean? Victorious. You know what I mean? Um I could hear like a like marching band. That's the only thing. And as a as I write the imagination start to think, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the song, it does sound like, uh, it does sound like a mass band type rhythm, you know? Yeah. It's almost like soca a little bit. Now, who produced the the beat for Champion? It it was, um, it was produced by a a young producer here in Toronto. He's from downtown Toronto. He's got K.R. Moore. I mean, he's he's the one who produced the rhythm. Okay. Okay. So, do you ever work with any international artists outside of just Jamaica? Like, where you're at in Toronto, they speak French there, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. One, one part of Canada, they speak French. Okay. <laughs> so I was saying that because I have a lot of Francophone artists that want to work. And I always tell them that the number one thing that any Francophone artist should do is go to Toronto. Don't you, do you agree with that? Do, you, do they see Francophone artists there? Okay, but guess what, no. Okay. The first time, I, first time I learned about that genre, Mm-hmm. I can't even tell what's the name. What's the name? Oh, there's a few of them. Um, you know, I work no, with. What, what's, what's the name of the, the music, the sound? Yeah. Oh, the the yeah. music. It's it's basically trap, trap music. Like for I don't know what the name of their music is. No, no you said you said francophone. Francophone, yeah. Francophone. Well, the first. Time. When go I ahead. say I don't remember the name of the music, I have to go look um, and okay. see what, exactly what the name of it is. But the artist that I was talking about was artists like Booba. Have you heard of Booba? He's uh, no. lives in Miami. Yeah, see what I'm saying? These people have millions of followers and nobody even knows who they are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Yeah, so well, there could the be... First time, the first time I heard about that genre was at the Juno Awards in Canada. You know I me mean? When I attended Juno, he said, and the Frank Ramon album goes to hey, but I know, I'm not, but... You know, okay, so me. they do show love to the French phone artists. Yeah, my friend, um, he's been on the show. His name is Baloo. He is the French plugins. He put me onto a lot of those artists. So the next thing that I wanted to ask you about was the Juno Awards. You know, we're in America, so what is the Juno Awards? Is it like the Grammys in Canada, or is it, you know, tell me what it is. Okay, well, when I just migrated to Canada in 2005, Okay. I started watching the Juno Awards on TV. I used to see people like Shania Twain, Celine Dion, because growing up in Jamaica, you only heard about the Grammys, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now I get to understand that, I mean, probably the Grammy Awards is probably four years older than the Juno Awards. Okay. So it's, 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 it's been around for a while. It's like the biggest honor in music here in Canada, biggest accolade one could ever achieve in Canada. So, you know, in England, they have the mobile. In, in the U.S., they have the Grammy, but in Canada, they have the Juno Awards. And okay. as I said, I used to watch it on TV. Um, I never, I never dream of me walking those platforms, I believe, because I used to think that it's a white award because I never, you only used to see Lindian. And the first um, black artist I saw and that people of color artists I saw that was, was um, a guy named, I remember his name, he did a, did, did a, a big song. I started to see Cardinal Official, you know what I mean? Right, I said, right, right. So it was when I won my first Juno Award, I kind of started to look deep. And when I attend and I see the reaction from white producers and white artists, and see the reaction from Drake and see how they react when they actually won it. I was like, but this is, you know, it's bigger than what I thought. So I started to but I think it's, it's great. Just to be nominated, it's, it's, it's great. In Canada, if he's an artist, and you don't want a Juno Award if you don't never nominated before. It's like, because I, I have a white producer friend. He produced a lot of big songs and he won one Juno Award. Oh, wow. Every time he came to visit me, I see my five. He's like, man, when am I going to win one more? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, congrats to you on all of that success. So um, I have a fun question, another fun question. So Celine Dion, she's Canadian, right? What is Jamaican's obsession with Celine Dion about? <laughs> so Celine Dion and all these, I was I was saying to myself that we as Jamaican people, our Caribbean people, if we are not familiar with you as a rapper, well, I don't think you really are a rapper. I'm telling you because we, when they talk about Fifty Cent, when they talk about Snoop Dogg, when they talk about Tupac, Biggie, like Caribbean people, we even some <laughs> we know those artists from your from your kid growing up in Jamaica. They talk about Celine Dion, they talk about Whitney, Whitney Houston. Jamaican people they love these artists. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, you know what I mean? Celine Dion is like a gem in Jamaica. Yes, you know I, I know, mean? I know. I recently discovered how much that they really liked Celine Dion. They said that. Celine Dion concert will sell out more than Buju when he got out of prison. That's what they said. I'm telling you. <laughs> Celine Dion is like, they're like a jet. Celine Dion, those icons are like, in Jamaica, big. You know what I mean? So it's great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. I really appreciate you for stopping through. Yeah, man. This is Root Girl Radio and Escaliva. We're rocking with the Roots Queen. You don't know. Big up yourself. Fire.